Welcome to Podcast 27, Side Hustle Heroes HQ. We've got Jim Ed over here and Andrew over there. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Black Friday. Man. Did you did you hit the stores today? Man, I tell you, I was waiting in line. No, I did not hit the stores at all. I I shop online now. Did you shop online today? I shopped online today, yes. I did not yeah. buy anything though. Yeah, I have not. <laughs> I found out that you can listen to your favorite podcast like Side Hustle Heroes HQ right through your Amazon. Right through I'm sorry, right through your Amazon Alexa. That's what I meant to say. But oh, used cool, to man. Used to, you could tell Amazon or your Amazon Alexa to play a podcast, like play Joe Rogan or something, mm-hmm. and it would screw it up. It totally wouldn't play the right one. But now yeah. I've learned that it will, if you, well, the secret is tell it to play it wherever you listen to your podcast. So for me, that's Spotify. So I'll tell it to continue the podcast of the Joe Rogan experience on on Spotify, and it will it pick up your Spotify like app. It. Yeah, but it's just like it knows to go find it on Spotify, and then it goes, oh, that's where he was at on his last listen or whatever. Anyway. All right, awesome. Okay, yeah, what do we got going on today, Jim? Man, Tell us what we got going on. Man, we got so much going on today. It's going to be a great podcast. As always, we're going to go over our numbers, and I'm excited to do that today, as are you, I bet. I'm not, actually. You're not? Well, we'll skip yours. We'll go straight to mine. Yeah, might as well. But anyway, we've got Kayla. On the podcast, she's our guest today. She is a nomad. She's from Pennsylvania, but she has traveling all over the world and with her and her husband, and she's doing riding. Yeah. She does some ghost riding, works for, does some coffee and stuff for GoDaddy and different things. So she's making her living doing that between her and her, her husband. They don't, yeah. they're not tied to a nine to five, mm-hmm. which I, I certainly see the, um, the benefit of that and, and good for those who can pull that off. Anyway, she's going to give us, give us some color on that. It's going to be pretty interesting. And then, Andrew, why don't you go ahead? Oh, and after that, be sure and stay tuned after our guest because Andrew is going to dive into some TikTok stuff that's uh, pretty cool. We've discussed it. I asked him to save it for the air if he would. But let's go ahead and get into our numbers before we bring our guest in. Let's do TikTok first, man, actually. Let's do let's do our numbers, then TikTok, and then we'll have our guest. So my numbers, dude, I have not seen any lift in numbers at all lately. I, I think I said that I'm expecting to make about $1,500 in November, unless numbers take off like crazy next you know, seven days, which they might. My numbers are pretty not great. So yesterday I was at $16, last seven days, $165. And then last 37, 34, it seemed like, I think last month might even actually been better than this month. I think part of it is I really have not been uploading that many videos. And we had a kind of conversation. I was actually talking to Cody a little bit. I don't know what you were doing that day, building your fence or something. But he, he said, oh yeah, I wonder if there's momentum, more momentum in your numbers if you actually are uploading more videos. And I think there's there could be something there to where they give you a little bit better, whatever more preferential treatment if you're uploading. But I think in general, you're probably going to see more sales if you're uploading more stuff, because guess what? Amazon's showing you some of your new stuff and and things do fall off a little bit, right? But it's really hard. Jim, you have so many products up, 700 products. It, are you still getting some sales from products that you were, that, you know, from the very beginning? I'm getting some still, but it's probably hard to really do analysis without actually sitting down and doing some spreadsheet analysis, whatever. But I'm still, I'm, there's some products that have sold been selling for three or four months for me but you know i really haven't uploaded new stuff i'm not really getting 
you know, if there is some fall off, I'm not really getting a lot of new videos or getting a lot of momentum right now. That's going to change though. That's going to absolutely going to change because I've got some focus to, to where I'm going to get a lot more videos uploaded. A little bit of a secret, Jimmy, we can't talk about it yet, but I'm hoping a, a certain thing that we're doing is going to bring in a lot more videos for us. Yeah. We're testing some stuff. We'll let you guys yeah. know about it a little later, see if it works or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will, man. All right, let me, let me hear about your numbers. I know you're doing a lot better. I've seen your numbers. And guys, we share our numbers every day with each other. If my numbers are really bad, I just kind of skipped that day. But Jim Med's been pretty dedicated. I've seen some nice, nice numbers that you've been sending over the last couple of days. Yeah, for sure. Actually, yesterday wasn't that good of numbers. Uh, 138. I've been in the over 150 for at least a week or so. I've, yeah. had, I've had some over 200 days. It's been, it's been good. Yeah, yeah. It's good. So yeah, yesterday was 138. Yep. And the last seven, I've got 1,215 for the last seven. Nice. So if you think of that, what's that going to do if it continues? That's that's $5,000 a month right there. Yeah, beautiful. And my prediction for November was I was hoping to hit 5,000 and maybe hoping to hit six or seven for December. I have for the last 30 days, 3,875, and we've got six more days left in the month. So, okay. But of course, remember that is the last 30 days. It's not like I'm just going to pile on whatever else. I'm going to have to really have some big days to pick that up, pick that average up oh. to be in over 4,000. Yeah, I did say that wrong. I don't know what I am for this month so far. I was looking last 30 at 734. So obviously this month, I don't know where I am right now, but I don't think I'm, I'm I don't think I'm going to be over a thousand this month at this point. So yeah, I don't but, know. I bet you will be. But we'll see. my and I, I know Jimmy, I can't remember what we talked about the podcast versus off the podcast, but I did hit record numbers for my FBA business last month. I hit I know it's different, but and I don't want to cause any confusion, guys, but it's a big thing and we talk about this a lot. Big thing for me for sure. Uh, I hit eighty thousand in October and I'm on pace to hit probably a little bit higher than eighty thousand this this month. I don't think it's gonna be quite ninety thousand, but that's a that's one of the my goal is to hit a hundred thousand. But this year, the margin on that is probably somewhere around 17, 18%. You guys can do the math and everything, but that's, that, this is, this is what I've been spending a lot of time on. I'm pretty excited about it. I want to be able to, you know, eventually have someone run that business. would love to be able to do that. I can do more things like Amazon influencer and do be doing some more courses. Right. And there's some other things I want to do as well. So this is really exciting, really enjoying uh, this, that this is actually becoming to where it's, it is my full time right now. God, God is good. So yeah, yeah a, a little bit about what I've had going on this week beyond influencer. And I have, I have been really slow. I've been stuck around 600 videos, a little, little past 600 videos for a while. You know, I've really slowed down on my video output, having to do a few, few things around the house. Because Andrew is aware, I've, I'm taking a workcation this week. I am, I took off work Monday through Wednesday and started Friday evening actually really kind of Thursday a little bit, working on a new fence. I've got a spot here between the shop that I'm in where I do the podcast in the house. It's about 50 feet. I've got this custom fence that I've finished out. I'm not going to bore you with the details on that, but if you are interested, I am putting a big video together. Hopefully this is going to be a big one for me on my YouTube channel. Go check it out over there at the improvement channel. And the latest video will be the fence build and it will probably be out when this airs hopefully i'm working on the edits right now and andrew will drop this episode sunday night or monday morning 
and hopefully I'll already have the video up for you guys to check it out. And while you're over there, be sure and subscribe. Right on, man. All right, cool, dude. So let's talk about TikTok a little bit here. It's it, TikTok. I've been, I've been, I've been really interested in tech, TikTok as far as getting talked about this a little bit, getting your account approved through Amazon. And a lot of people are talking about this, but this is not what we're talking about today. This is not. This is not why we're talking about TikTok today. What hey, I've been, before you jump into that, do you do you watch much TikTok? Not a ton, but I do have. I do. I am watching it more now just because. I'm interested in seeing what different, you know, creators on TikTok are doing. Why do you ask? Well, this is, this is some of what you're going to get into. I, I've been watching it now for probably six or eight months. Yeah. I, I would, I would say probably like an unhealthy amount, you know, a lot. I, I do enjoy it. I probably watch throughout the day, probably an hour, probably an hour of TikTok. I really enjoy it. But what I have noticed, though, and this is kind of a little bit of what you're going to get into, man, these TikTok shops are taking over. Man, I mean, there is so much stuff on there that's about the TikTok shop. It seems like that used to be every, you know, sixth or tenth video. Now it seems like it's three out of ten, four out of ten. Yeah, TikTok shops is huge, dude. And that's what you got to ride the wave here. And when you start seeing a lot of this, when you see a company that's all in on something, that's... You need to pay attention. TikTok. All right. A lot of people traditionally on TikTok before shops, and this is just like YouTube. This is like Instagram where it's like affiliate programs. What's a great affiliate program? Amazon's got one, Amazon Associates. So what do people do? They do some videos and then they say, link in bio. Here's a really cool trending product. Amazon made me buy it, right? Amazon made me buy it. TikTok. You've seen this before, Jim Ed, right? Correct. So that's, that's been pretty popular for a while. People do really well link in bio, you have to kind of click to the bio and then click that link. It's just a lot of clicking, right? So what TikTok shops is doing is you don't have to do that anymore, right? TikTok shops is actually like, there are sellers who are, they have, they could have the physical product in hand or they're drop shipping. There could be drop shipping, but they have their shops and they actually are recruiting affiliates. But TikTok helps you recruit affiliates by doing this. They actually have, you can actually go and find products on these. You can do a search. Um, once you become an affiliate of TikTok and you can actually find products that you may already have or that you might have already promoted on Amazon Influencer or whatever, or if you don't have them, they even have samples you can get from some of these sellers. What happens is now you do a video and as an affiliate, you can tag these different products from these shops. There's thousands of shops, right? And then what happens is you have this video and usually you're going to want to have that product in hand, obviously, right? You do, a, you do a review or do like, this is a really cool product, trending product, whatever. And then what TikTok allows you to do is you can have a little, they can click right through the store to buy the product. That's what makes, that's a game changer, absolute game changer. And this is what I'm kind of talking about. But what I've seen with TikTok lately is it's a lot easier to go viral with some of these products here. I'm still testing it, but it's very interesting. Here's, here, what's the opportunity for, let me try to boil it down. What's the opportunity for Amazon influencers? Well, a couple of things. If you have products that you've already done like 500 reviews or something like that, I would say look on TikTok to see if any of the products you reviewed are actually on TikTok also. If they are, here's the recommendation. Don't just take your video from Amazon Influencer and move it over there. I would say do a new version of that video or chop it up a little bit, make it more TikTok friendly. I think you're asking that as well, Jim Ed. A lot of your videos on Amazon Influencer aren't really conducive to the TikTok audience, right? You just 
change it up a little bit. Okay. So that's a big opportunity. The other opportunity is, and again, that's, that's, you're basically going to find, you're gonna basically going to find a shop that has that product when you do a search. And if they have it, you become affiliate for that product. Okay. You're basically tagging it. You create a video, the last step in your video, you say, I want to tag this product. I think TikTok is a game changer. It sounds like TikTok is beating Amazon Inspire at its own game a little bit. Sounds pretty close, don't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's I think it's a better version of Inspire. Good good point. I kind of forgot about Inspire because we just don't yeah. talk about it very much. We don't think about it very much. That's a good point, Jim Ed. Yeah, um, I think I so and, and and TikTok to me maybe stepping on its own foot a little bit here. Cause that's I don't know if you caught what I was alluding to earlier when I was mentioning when you when you go on Amazon Inspire, which I have, it's a scroll through TikTok style. Yep. Look at yep. stuff. What's on it? Only thing that's on it is influencers that are, have uploaded something on there, yep. and yep. it's it's walking around a bathroom typically or a decorated area. Yep. And, and hit, hitting a handful of things, right? It's all products. All products. All products. One hundred out of one hundred videos are all products. Got it. Got it. You jump on TikTok. And out of those 100 videos, 70 or ish are entertainment videos that are oh, yeah, right. catered toward what you want to watch. Right. And you're getting commercials basically chopped in there that are disguised as entertainment a lot of times. And some of them are entertaining to my point. That's where TikTok is doing really well with this. But I think they may be stepping on their own foot. They, they, they're peppering too many commercials in there. Yeah, you call it commercial. It's not a commercial. It's not a commercial at all. Okay. It's not a paid advertisement. Yeah, it that's, is a that's TikTok a shop influencer trying to sell you something. There you go. There you go. So, but they're putting too much of that in there. That might be where they're stepping on their own foot. It's product promotions is, is the word. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Product promotions. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. And they're probably doing a lot of testing and everything like that right now. But let's summarize. There's an opportunity there. Amazon influencer, maybe some of your products might already be on TikTok. Now, how do you get, you know, your account going? There's a couple of things here and I don't want to get these. This is probably another podcast, but there's ways for you to get, you have to have 5,000 followers, I think, to get a legit account. But what I've done and, and what other people are doing is you can get a TikTok, you can get a TikTok shop first, and then you get a TikTok, just a TikTok account. You connect those things together. And then by doing the connection, you actually have what's called a shop, but you also have this creator, TikTok creator account where you can actually become an affiliate pro affiliate for some products. What does that mean? You can do exactly what we're talking about, Amazon influencer. You also can get product samples. Now there's a couple of things I've heard that there's, there's some, there's different, it's a little confusing still, and this is all new, but this is why a lot of conversations about this, the, the TikTok, once you get 5,000, you know, on your TikTok, then you can get all these other features. But if you're just starting from scratch, you can't, necessarily get all the same features. One of the features is asking for free samples, which is really cool, right? Right now I can't ask for free samples. I can become an affiliate, but I can't ask for free samples. So, but what they've said is you can actually, you can contact the creator and say, love your, love your store, love your shop. Could you give me a sample of one of your products? Here's my address. And they, I've heard they will be doing, they'll send, they'll send samples. Okay. And TikTok actually even sent me a sample. This is not even a content creator. TikTok sent me a little program saying, hey, choose a product. We want you to review this in 30 days. They're trying to get you to, to, to get comfortable doing videos. They sent me this little ring light thing. It's like a little telescopic thing. It's really cool. I'm going to review this and do a TikTok, do a video on TikTok. It's pretty cool. 
more to come on this, guys. I, I think that's am I saying don't do Amazon influencer anymore? No, do Amazon influencer, but we're talking about other streams of income that are related to this. Don't sleep on these things because there's definitely some opportunities. There's someone talking about they made over a thousand dollars on TikTok as an affiliate. Pretty interesting thing. The commissions are higher. Uh, we'll see. So I'm, I'm I'll be messing around with this a little bit. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna do something with my Harvey Coffee Company. That's one of my you know I have a coffee company. So that, I'm gonna I'm actually get started with to do a shop, and we'll see how it goes. I might actually recruit some affiliates. Maybe we'll see how this kind of works. And I'm also gonna see from the other perspective of being an affiliate. I'm pretty excited about this opportunity. More to come on that. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. That's very interesting. Hey, yeah. Okay, cool. So everyone, today we've got an exciting guest. Her name is Kayla, and she's a freelance writer, and she has a book that's coming out in January. Is that right? Next Yeah. Week? Yeah, J January 3rd, correct? Third from the whole world except North America, and North America, it's coming out the 30th, so. Awesome, and it's about being a digital nomad. We can't wait to hear about this. I think it's going to be a good, a good topic that's going to resonate with the side hustle heroes audience that we've got here can't wait to talk to you and get to know you better kayla first of all yeah you know, first of all welcome welcome to thanks. the show thanks yeah. andrew <laughs> and and my first question is is typically like what we ask all our guests is who are you tell us about you that's the, that's the most important thing before we get started in, on other questions and hi kayla i'm jim ed i'm on the podcast as well oh i'm Aww. so sorry this is jim right. ed and he's 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 a very successful amazon influencer Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm currently freezing to slowly in the Netherlands, but I'm from Pennsylvania in the US and I had a very I have a very normal story. I think a lot of people go through this where you feel like you worked really hard for something and then you arrived and you were disappointed. You felt like I like got to this point in my career where I was really I was living in Chicago, I was working in downtown, had my own apartment for the first time. I kind of felt like I was had made it in life at 23. And then I just was not enjoying it that much. And I kind of became obsessed with this feeling that I thought life was more fun than this. And I started asking my colleagues, isn't life supposed to be fun? And everyone kind of had this like, yes, it should be, but it's just uh, not. And don't worry, you'll get used to it. And that was like fuel mm. on the fire. I was terrified of getting used to it. Like who wants to get used to sleepwalking through life, which is how I felt. And I became obsessed with the idea of traveling and I started a freelance writing and I kind of did it on the side at first. That was my side hustle while I was still working my nine to five. And then I went full time and got rid of my apartment and my stuff and I bought a one-way ticket out of the US and that was six years ago and I've been wow. abroad more or less ever since. <laughs> That's exciting. What was your day job by the way before you quit? I was a marketing coordinator for an architecture firm, but I basically just did graphic design all day. I was making documents that were like proposals for companies to get to review. And it was very enjoyable to be honest. It was pretty yeah. low stress and life was very comfortable which made it kind of hard to feel, it, you know, I felt like, am I just not being grateful? This is actually like pretty nice gig. But yeah, sometimes you just want, want something else. Well, that's what I was going to guess. I imagine that probably paid pretty well and you could really see yourself getting settled into that in a long-term situation, right? Yeah, it paid like four times what my previous job paid. I was living at the poverty line before that it wasn't a hard yeah. jump to make but yeah. yeah it was very comfortable and i had that meeting you know after my it was like my first year there and i had a meeting with the higher up since and they were talking about my tenure trajectory with the firm and it looked both really good and also really opposite of what i felt <laughs> but when you think mm. well this is what i worked for isn't it yeah 
what was your what was your uh, side hustle that you're able to start doing that became i guess now it sounds like that is your full-time income yeah i write full-time now and my husband as well we co-own our writing company that we have our freelance business and i started freelance writing I, I i had some experience just to like add that in i did have some experience freelance writing whenever i was in college but i hadn't relied on that for any amount of real income and then i found a listing on craigslist where somebody was looking for a freelance writer and i just started taking all the jobs i could find and they were not good they were like writing for not very i don't know kind of tabloid-esque online magazines was one of mm -hmm. them that was one of my regular gigs and i was also writing like product descriptions for headlights <laughs> for cars i didn't even have a car and i was writing these product descriptions oh, yeah. it was very much a means to an i think i was paid like 25 cents a listing it was you almost couldn't like the checks were nothing it was like, like two dollars and 40 cents i was really desperate though i felt like i needed to get my foot in the door and that was my way craigslist was where i found a lot of my work back then Oh, wow. What are you doing now? Like now that you're doing this full time, like what kind of gigs are you typically getting? Right now I'm a writer for HubSpot and GoDaddy. And I also do ghostwriting for other clients. I focus on SEO writing now. I found my specialty. I'm no longer writing product descriptions for Jeep headlights. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. And and I also, uh, I wrote a book that's coming out, which you mentioned. So I kind of, I'm open to a lot of opportunities in the writing world because there's so much freelance writing work. And a lot of people talk about like niching down, niching down. And I personally have enjoyed working with people in like really different niches, like professional chess players and fashion designers and hand lettering artists. These people who have taken their passions like all the way in their yeah. career with their online businesses. They're so cool to work with. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. But I kind of have that marketing back i have that marketing background marketing writing is kind of my like big you know if i had to put myself in a bucket i have to ask you this now how does how does ai how does ai impact what you're doing now because i i know it's it's now everyone's like oh just write articles just have chat gpt write you articles and you're good to go which i know those are not they don't do very well on google when you just do it as is i've got to hear about what you think about ai and then how it's impacting what you're doing as a writer I think AI made me more expensive as a writer. I feel like my rights went up because everyone's all of a sudden putting out really average content because before you kind of had like the very cheap content, people who are on sites like Fiverr selling articles for like $5 and those people were never my competition and I was always higher up. And now there's kind of this gap all of a sudden between cheap, the cheapest stuff out there and then the professional writers like that I'm in part of. And there was this big gap, this big jump. And now AI's filled that void. And I actually think that people are really keen to find someone doing it the real way. Because I mean, AI, whenever it's writing articles, it's a plagiarism tool and legitimate. I don't think it's a legitimate way to fuel your website with good content unless you're heavily heavily editing and and even then i mean i i've tried i've experimented because i want to know what's out there it's like i want to know how my field is changing and i it has always taken me more time to edit than it could have ever taken me to come up with original ideas so i'm not seeing i'm not afraid of it personally and google doesn't like it at all google just had a massive update and some i forget what percentage of websites on the internet have now lost more than 50 percent of their website traffic from Google. Google has gone through enormous changes and oh, I don't yeah. think that AI is going to stand the test of time. AI, AI writing. Yeah, what I've seen that AI is good at doing, it's like it's coming up with ideas. If you, I want some ideas for this topic, it's going to rattle off some great ideas and you can flesh those things out. So I don't know if, I'm not asking if you've used this or what, but I think it is 
I've used this for idea, idea stars for sure as an outline, but I think it's up to us humans to come up with that content to fill in. And we should have some expert knowledge about some of the things we're writing about anyway, and not have to rely on, you know, chat GPT to do that. Yeah, I don't think anybody would enjoy that, would enjoy reading yeah. a website. And then there's like the really unethical end of, you know, AI where people are publishing books on Amazon. I'm, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, where people are publishing books yeah. on like foraging mushrooms completely generated by AI. That that will kill people. I've already, I've read about this a little bit. Oh I mean, there's like the dangerous all the way down to the useless to the then yeah. down to the stupid to me that's the scale of ai writing and i personally am not going to put myself on that scale <laughs> yeah very interesting jim had so i know you had something you, you wanted to ask as well this is really interesting kayla yeah yeah it is you mentioned like some stuff that i'm sure everybody that's listened to the podcast is familiar with like GoDaddy. just give us a little bit like on what you do for them if you will so we can understand it a little better yeah yeah, if you go on GoDaddy's website, they have a whole, they have all of their resources, they're like products, but they also have all of these free resources where they're just trying to help educate and empower like their, their readers on how to be better entrepreneurs, GoDaddy's main audience. You know, that's what my the audience that I always write for, people who are trying to, you know, side hustles or be full-time entrepreneurs. I write articles on anything. I just wrote an article on how to use LinkedIn in 2024. I'm trying to think of some other, how to use Pinterest, a lot about Pinterest. That's one of my marketing specialties. And yeah, I write guides that are always for beginner, almost always for beginners, mm -hmm. helping people get started. And, you know, there's a lot of things as entrepreneurs, I think, or, you know, people with their side hustles, everyone can relate to the feeling that they should be doing something. Like, oh, I know I should be on TikTok. It's so big. But then like, how do you do something for TikTok today that's productive for you? You know, I try to write to bridge that gap between I know this thing, I know SEO is important, but what it, I don't know what to do. And I try to explain, you know, this is what it is. This is what it can be for you because, you know, some, also helping people self-select. Like, how do you know something's worth, worth your time? Your time is your most precious resource. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, I guess like working for, you, it seems like you work for several fairly well-known, you're probably staying busy and kind of helps level out the ups and downs of, you know, the, the nomad lifestyle of freelancing and whatnot. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't used to be that way as much. Whenever I started, it was very feast and famine cycle. And that is a really hard place to be as a freelancer. It's a place that everyone's, most people start at. And yeah, it's nice. I have some retainer clients that are there on a monthly basis that I ghost write for. And then the stuff like GoDaddy and HubSpot, those are on assignment basis based on their needs and their quarterly budget. And then at the end of the quarter, there's always like a slam of everyone trying to spend the rest of their budget. So the end of the quarter is always a special time <laughs> no, awesome. tons of articles flying by oh yeah so Kayla, for the last for the last six years have you literally been a digital nomad the last six years is that right i have been abroad and working online at points for five years i had a home base in the netherlands i was more of an expat than a digital nomad but i was still traveling for months out of the year and building my business and yeah just trying to support myself abroad. That became my real mission. Once it, it kind of moved beyond just traveling, but then realizing, cause I met my partner, I met my husband, Barry Young, a month into traveling in 2017. Yeah. And then I came to his country of the Netherlands. And yeah. for me, I could have gotten back into the job market, but then what I'm going to, I thought in six months, I'm going to be the exact same person. I was in Chicago, except I'm making yeah. less money and I don't speak the language here. I'm not going to get back to me. That was like a really losing avenue to take. I thought this is the moment. It's not just about travel. It's about 
being able to show up how I need and want to in my marriage being, I mean, his father was sick. That's why we kind of urgently came back to the Netherlands. Mm. And I thought, and then what if my father's sick? I want us to be able to go there and be there for months if we need to be. It became much less about travel itself and more about the, yeah, the flexibility and the freedom that everyone who is listening is after. Everybody wants more freedom. And yeah, that's what it, what it gave to me. Working online became that like ultimate vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. With, with the traveling around, how does your husband have a job that's as flexible? Yeah, he didn't. And he at first he thought that the work online thing and co combining work and travel was kind of like unsavory. <laughs> he would save up his money. He was a high school teacher and then he would quit and go traveling for months until he ran out of money and then go home and kind of do it all again. And whenever we met, he was had never heard of anyone working online and he didn't even have Wi-Fi in his apartment. <laughs> he was like the opposite. He didn't have a laptop. He didn't have. Yeah, he was the opposite of a digital anything. And then he started to learn about the kind of like the lifestyle and I was told him I'm going to build my business and then you can come work with me and you can quit teaching and I, and after two years it worked and he did get to quit his job it was two long years two yeah it was long and it was a slow slow success story you see a lot of fast success stories online like after six months this amazing thing happened and I always like to kind of emphasize the years plural because there's a lot of people who succeeded and it took longer and I think a lot of people who quit because they thought that it wasn't working or they weren't cut out for it but yeah. most success stories are kind of slow burns until you kind of hit that break and my husband is a writer now as well awesome. absolutely well good for you for just y'all jumping out there and doing it that's that's what a lot of it's about. That's that's a lot of what we talk to our audience about with side hustles. It's like, you know, you've taken a side hustle and figured out a way to make that your main thing. While we do Amazon influencers, we talk about that. That may not be the best side hustle because it's just one stream of income that is very it can be up it can be up and down to the whims of kind of how Amazon wants things to go. But like for you, you've got all of these different places you work for if even one of the major ones went went bye-bye tomorrow then you could just jump in and maybe pick up three small ones you know or something like you know something along those lines yeah yeah that's where skills to me were became like the most valuable thing i had like learning and i think that everyone listening has really sharpened developed skills on their journeys as well and i think that if you can kind of zoom out a little bit like instead of thinking like to me even thinking like i'm a writer like i need to find writing work but kind of zooming out and realizing like i am a you know i'm a marketer and i have found work even consulting and marketing whenever there weren't a lot of writing contracts yeah. because i had all this expertise with writing blogs auditing people's blogs and providing that consulting service it's amazing what you learn whenever you're building a side hustle on your own i think that everyone can probably really relate to that yeah, I love that. And, and, and Jim, we've talked about this. And in fact, a conversation we had yesterday with a leader, a business leader, is that, you know, this Amazon influencer, for instance, is only a foundation. It's only a foundation for other things. And I think and that's one of the guys we listen to as well. I'm forgetting his name now. Whatever. We'll have this part out. The guy that we listen to is pod. We listen to is State of the Union. And, uh, who's Travis. About, yeah, Travis. This guy, Travis, talked about it's only a foundation. That's why a lot of side hustles also. It's a beginning, it's a beginning place. Because if, if the people who are literally saying, oh, my numbers are down or this is not going so well, they're going to quit and fizzle. But st take a step back and realize, what have you learned as, as an Amazon influencer? Well, you've learned how to shoot some videos. You learn how to be comfortable in front of a camera. You learn some things about in order to get in there, you have to have a social media account. Some people are learning how to do that, to create content, to post content. And then it's like, oh, wow. And then, then you have relationships with suppliers who are giving you free product. Now it's negotiating. It's talking. All these things that you can learn. 
And I think some people are going to say, are going to be like cookie cutter. Just tell me what videos I need to do. Tell me what products I need to review. Those people will probably burn out, fizzle out and they're, they're done. But this can be a starting place for lots of people. I love the way you're talking about your writing that it can go in a lot of different directions. That's really exciting to me that, that most, a good side hustle probably is going to propel you to do other things, to do bigger things and lay a foundation for, you know, lay, lay a foundation for bigger things. I think it's pretty cool. I have to ask you, this is probably a fun question, but it's, um, you've traveled a lot of different places. What's the most interesting place that you've actually lived or, or, or not lived, but actually gone to visited? I really, really liked Guatemala. That's one of my favorite places. The food, the atmosphere. Yeah. Some countries just kind of have like a buzz and energy to them, like a vibe. And to me, Guatemala is one of the most memorable <laughs> places. And I was going to ask you who the, go ahead, go ahead, Jim. Well, what's one of the places that seems to be like, okay, this, I get a lot of bang for my buck here. Yeah. Oh, um, Croatia. That's where I'm headed next. Last, yesterday we booked two months in Croatia. So Croatia, yeah, it's actually really, really fun. If anyone needs to, wants to kill some time and not do it on social media, go to Airbnb and select a month. You're going away for a month and see what you can get for a thousand dollars all over the world. Mm, that is the okay. most <laughs> alluring daydream. And yeah, we just went through and booked a few things yesterday. Kind of. When you go to these different places, do you usually do it for about a month or so? You don't just do it for a few days. It's usually like you get there, you get kind of established. Is that the, typically the way you like to do things? I like to stay each place for a month because yeah. of the, well, it gives you more of a routine, but you also get this enormous discount on Airbnb. Like we got a, an Airbnb in split Croatia. It's normally $3,000 a month, but because we're staying for a whole month and it's in the off season, we got it for $900. That's amazing. It has wow. a balcony, sea view. I mean, that's a lifestyle that we access by slowing down. And because we don't have rent, we don't have mortgage. We got rid of all of our stuff in April. We literally, we don't have a car. We didn't, have, <laughs> we've never had a car. We walked everything in plastic bags. We literally had like shopping bags. And every day for two months, we would take a walk to the park, through the park and drop off two bags each at the secondhand store. And we did that. We were like ants, like moving food from a picnic, like a million like oh <laughs> little bits at a time. We got rid of all of our stuff and we have two backpacks that we travel with each. What's your least favorite place that you visited? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, you ever been to Garland, Texas? <laughs> That's well, me. That's me. Yeah. Well, in the U.S., I've been to 44 of the states. I feel like I can say this as an authority. Nevada is the worst place. I mean, that's probably... <laughs> There's not even roadkill. There's just signs that say penitentiary area. Do not pick up hitchhikers. It's all Nevada has. As far, like, I mean, I think I drove for like 12 hours. and that You was like it. Las Vegas? No. <laughs> Lots in Nevada, right? So oh, anyway. <laughs> probably not. Okay, so that's your least favorite place. It's, it's Las Vegas or Nevada. Okay, sounds good. All right, Secondly, hold on. Before we, before we move yeah. on too far, so <laughs> I want to drill down just a little bit on this Airbnb. You've looked at it. You know what you're getting into. When you get into this Airbnb, how far away is the grocery store? Are you looking at those sort of things or are you just going oh, yeah. to have to figure it out when you get there? 30 minute walk to the grocery store that has to be it it can't be more than that in a real grocery store because in uh, a lot of other countries like 
in like Portugal, you type in grocery and it gives you like mini marts that just sell beer and like chips. No, it has to be a legitimate grocery store, like an Aldi or something. And it also needs to be like a 10 minute walk to something interesting. The beach, a hiking trail, downtown area, the city center, something like that. Because you really, because you're still working normally. Like I, we work 40 hours a week. Whenever we close our laptops, we need to be immediately immersed in something. Or, you know, what's the point of giving up your home base if you're just gonna, because life's harder whenever you're in another country or, or even just in another part of your own country. You like don't know where the, gro you know, the gro even the simple thing of like going to the grocery store and not knowing where to find things that takes extra energy. Yeah. If you do that for a year and you're not enjoying it, you're not like, wow, but look at the Alps. So look, I get to walk on the beach. Like we had an Airbnb in Greece for a month where it was like a, it was a solid 30 minute walk each way to the grocery store that was pushing our limits. But we literally walked along the Mediterranean. Like we would take off our shoes and roll up our jeans and walk with our feet in the ocean on like, and it was always at sunset. And this was in the winter as well. People were still swimming, you know, wow. <laughs> that's the kind of trade off you need to really like enjoy. You need to be present and like in the joy of the experience or all you experience is the difficulty of it. How many square feet is this Airbnb and it, does it come with Wi-Fi and all the, the creature comforts that we'd be used to in America? Yeah, I always check the boxes on Airbnb. You can go check what you want. only want to see the listings with these things. And I, it's always Wi-Fi. Everyone has Wi-Fi, but you also need to get the Wi-Fi speed. For me, it needs to be over 100. That's kind of my limit. And they, hosts will check that for you. It needs a kitchen and a real kitchen, not like a hot plate that you plug in. Because mm -hmm. sometimes people have those hot plates and they literally don't have pots or pans. Oh, <laughs> they wow. just wanted to check the box that there was like a kitchen. It's not a kitchen. And... I guess those are the big ones. Oh, and a washing machine. I don't like having to pay people to wash my socks. So this you one you're going to use, it, is it like a thousand square feet? We're both talking, sorry. I'm sorry. Is yeah. it like a thousand square feet, something like that? These are like normal apartments, like kitchen, yeah. living room, one bedroom, sometimes two bedrooms. I couldn't say the square footage, probably. I've never owned a home. I've never really thought about how many square feet things are. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> Jim Ed's asking a lot of questions about this because he owns some Airbnbs. He owns some uh, houses. He, one Airbnb. He wants to get oh. he wants to get all the scooping of all of the stuff. Maybe Oh, I could help you make it remote work ready. I so I send people it's tips so sometimes. Yes. No, uh, well, I was just in Mexico for <laughs> oh two months and it was hot, like hot. It was like 90 plus every day. And, you know, and then he came back and at first it's oh, like, wow, man. isn't it nice? Like you wake up and you don't sweat and you're like, this is wonderful. But now it's just cold. And there's like a different type of cold. Like in the U.S., you know, we have the term wind chill. But in mm -hmm. the Netherlands and other like moist places, they, they have the term water chill, where there's literally so oh, much water man. in the air. And to me, it's not the wind yeah. chill. It's the water. Like you put on your, like to me, cause I'm not from here. I put on my clothes in the morning and they feel damp. Like it is that, that's what gets me. And you can't keep water chill out. There's like no number of blankets. It's just like a damp. Is ugh. it like moldy in the, in like. It happens a lot. Inside. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the lake. I went to a lake one time. There's a north wind. It was so cold, and that I know exactly what you mean. That chill, the wind, the water was so cold. The temperature, I felt like it was this cold, chilled wind that was that also has some moisture in it. And I've never been colder. It was cutting through my jacket like like a knife. It was brutal. And I just remember like, and I was like, why am I so cold? It's like that. The water temperature is probably like 45, 50 degrees. And it was just what the wind was blowing off that water is just like awful. 
but yeah, it's know, it's cold yeah. humidity. Like we never, yeah, I don't, th- yeah. I've never lived anywhere in the U.S. that had cold humidity. And then you come here, and also there's like four-year-old kids biking to school in it, and they're like mm-hmm, on yeah, their whatever. bikes, and yeah. they don't even <laughs> notice it. And I'm like, die. I feel <laughs> like I cannot overstate my hatred <laughs> for the water chill. It's my nemesis. That's why we started going away in winter because, well, I mean, it's also very dark here in the winter. It's like not Norway where they don't have sunlight, but the yeah. you we in the Netherlands they lose eight out eight or nine hours of daylight between like summer and winter. So like the sun comes up at like four in the morning, normally in the summer, and then in winter it comes up at like eight thirty. <laughs> wow, and it's dark dark by five, I guess. Oh, so it's, yeah, it's dark yeah. by like three, like the golden three. hour of like the sunset, I think is three. Starts oh, at wow. three. So it's 4.30 here on Central Time when we're recording uh, this. What is it where you're at? Yeah. It's 10.30, but Europe changed the clocks for daylight savings and Excellent. the U.S. didn't. And then like the U.S. does it one week and then Australia does it another week. To me, this is like the season of are we sure we're talking at 10? Yeah. <laughs> because even Google yeah. Calendar gets it wrong sometimes. Now, we were supposed to we were supposed to maybe do away with that, but I think there our leaders decided that we needed to still change the time for some reason. Something like that. We, were supposed <laughs> to, we did it originally for farming, but, you know. Uh, I had one more question, and then we want to get a little bit more into your book. Uh, healthcare, do you just like nomad lifestyle, no healthcare? How's that kind of work? I have travel healthcare. In the US, a really popular company is Safety Wing. I would say they're the most popular. They're like digital nomad health. That's what they do. And then, yeah, that covers you for things out of the US. Also like emergencies as well, like people who needed like emergency travel out of COVID outbreak areas. Uh, people speak very highly of it, but because I'm, I'm registered, I'm actually a Dutch citizen now. So I, I have healthcare here in the Netherlands and that covers us whenever we travel, but it's also cheap and other very cheap <laughs> for Americans. Everything's a, a, a discount. Like I've been to the hospital or the doctor in, I don't know, four or five countries and even paying out of pocket for like a hospital visit has never been more than $300. Sometimes I don't even do the paperwork for the insurance because nice. it feels like such a hassle. Gotcha. So I think you've already given us some really good tips for our audience as far as like when you are traveling abroad, but I, and we're, get, we're running, we're running close to our time. So, but I just, maybe in summary, what are some obstacles you've had to overcome when you've been traveling abroad and doing this digital nomadism and, and what are, what are some things like, I just drew a blank. Sorry. That was a question. Yeah. What are some, yeah. What are some obstacles you run into and what are the solutions? And this is specifically for our audience that might want to travel a little bit. The biggest obstacle that people have is they start traveling and they don't enjoy it because they're so stressed out by their work habits or their work. And you know, it is hard to balance work and travel because they're like very opposing forces. But I think that most people fail because a lot of people become digital nomads. And then after a few months, they, you know, go back home and they say that, you know, it wasn't for them or they didn't really know what they were getting themselves into. And I think like 80% of the time, it's about expectations and work style. Like people think that work is this like side thing to traveling. But in reality, you need to think about working 40 hours a week and then you're just traveling in the evenings and the weekends it's not like a you're not living on vacations expectations are really really important and then a lot of people realize that they're not 
maybe is disciplined or they're or disorganized or, you know, oh, I left my, I, I did this whenever I was a new traveler. I left my computer charger in a hostel and then I couldn't get a replacement. I couldn't find one. Mm -hmm. Nobody had it. You know, you are your own worst enemy. And I think yeah. uh, if people kind of ask themselves, like if you were on an island today with like patchy Wi-Fi, would you be like how much... <laughs> Like, where would you be stress level wise? And if you yeah. think, oh, I'm, I'm always ahead of my work, I'm very organized, it's okay, then you would probably, s smooth is better, maybe transition into the lifestyle. But for people who kind of have quirks that sabotage their success at home, those are going to be really, and like, the volume will be, will be turned up on those on the road. Yeah, is there anything else? This is great. Is there anything else you want to tell us about your book that's coming out? Things, reasons to buy this book or, or why our audience would find this interesting? If anyone has been thinking about traveling or has heard about the lifestyle and wondered, oh, does it live up to the hype? I It really is better than the hype. If you like to travel and you can work online, there's like no better feeling than to be able to just choose, get in the mood. It's too cold. I'm going to go to the Mediterranean for a month. I mean, that freedom is incredible and i tried to make the book a really really practical guide and include a whole narrative of what digital nomads look like because a lot of people think that only like 20 year olds are digital nomads and and the movement is so new this is like a thing for millennials or gen z but i actually found the first and interviewed and profiled in the book the first digital nomad and he started traveling in 1983 with the first mm -hmm. ever portable computer the radio shack model 100. Oh. <laughs> and what was that Ro Stephen K. Roberts. He is incredibly cool. He's also a writer and he would, he lived out of a tent and rode his bike around the U.S. for like 10 years and he would plug his computer. It like had suction cups that would go on pay a payphone and it was called an acoustic oh, coupler and it would like send his writing to a fax machine, I believe. I don't know about the fax machine, but the acoustic coupler was the name of the device. Wow. And this mo in this movement is not new. I found digital nomads spanning five decades, the 80s, 90s, to early 2000s, 2010s and now and everyone has the same story i thought this would be really cool if it worked out and then everyone moved on to other really cool dreams like people who like got into real estate because they realized hey it wasn't that hard i just had to try and this worked out like the confidence and the kind of i don't know i feel like it's very much like a domino effect of dreams realized that to me was one of the big themes of profiling people over you know five decades that's fascinating yeah that's i've got a question fascinating the yeah. wife and I were watching a show the other night and, you know, we were talking and it's like, yeah, the best thing they could do is just, you know, sell everything and move out of the country because they're in trouble. So if, if I was like, I was like, that's what I would do. She goes, would you, would you want to move out of the country? I was like, I'm ready to go right now. And <laughs> someone will take my Amazon money and go. So, but could I move to Guatemala, sell everything, move to Guatemala and live there for 3,500 with $3,500 a month coming in, you think? You could live most places in the world for that much. Hmm. Fairly comfortably, as long as I'm good with walking 30 minutes to the grocery store, right? Yeah. Yeah. You would be amazed. I mean, even at what, 2000, if you look at getting 2000 around the world, you would be amazed at mm. what you can get, the quality of life. I mean, I, a lot of people do that. They, they move abroad and everyone thinks that it's expensive or, you know, it's this big sacrifice and you do sacrifice things, of course, but I met people whenever I was researching my book who moved abroad to have financial prosperity, like people who moved to China as English teachers and had an incredible life, you know, had these, these salaries and savings and they specifically went abroad to flourish financially. And I think it's an, an, an avenue that people don't consider enough.
especially native English speakers with a U.S. passport. I mean, that is, those are the two biggest, two of the biggest hurdles to opportunity abroad is having the right passport privilege. Yeah. Uh, U.S. passport gets you into an enormous part of the world visa-free and speaking English as a native language, you are not going to have, I mean, it's, the opportunity is incredible. Like you are already so far ahead if you have that. Anyone listening who's interested could oh, wow. do it. Interesting. Well, good, Very interesting. Hey, good, good for you. I, I will tell you a quick little story. I know we're, need, we're wrapping up on time, but when I was a little bit older than you, most likely when I was 32, I moved from where I'd grown up, but grown up in the area, worked in the area, and that was in East Tennessee, and moved to Texas. And it was such a growing experience getting unplugged from the network of people that I've known my whole life and to go somewhere else and figure it out on your own. You know, yeah. with, with not much of a safety net in that in a situation like that. You've done that on the extreme. I think that's great for you. You and your husband are going to grow so much closer together. You're going to depend on each other. And you're just going to grow as an individual seeing so many things. I, I see so many people back home when I go back to visit, you know, that never left. They've never been out mm. and they, they don't get to experience things. And, and you experience so much more than I have just living in a couple of places, living all over the place. I think that is just so awesome and good for you. Oh, yeah. thank you, Jimed. Yeah, and, and thank you so much for joining us today. Kayla, I really wish you success with your book that's coming out. And uh, I, I can't wait to read it. And Jimed, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll make sure both of us read your book. And I think it's really fascinating. And I, I, it makes me really whets my appetite to really want to travel more often. Guys who are listening, really hope that this is going to kind of get you excited about, hey, we can do this. You know, we can do this. And a lot of times you think I have to have all this money to be able to do this. Not necessarily. I, lo I love the idea of this. And let me ask my wife, Mandy, can we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ask her if she's good with doing that. So thanks I think, again. I think Mandy will be packing a bag. She might be in there packing right now. Yeah. We actually have, you know, we, the, probably the cheapest place we ever went on vacation was Budapest. That was... Mm. That was, it was a lot of fun. That that was probably, and it was, it was an amazingly inexpensive to stay in the Airbnb there. Europe, not so, not so cheap, but not, but not as ridiculous as I thought it would be. I think it's, you're really, um, it's really resonating as far as like, man, it's, you don't have to pay all this money to live other places. But no. Yeah. Anything else in closing? I know we're kind of over our time. But I got, yeah. yeah, I got a little something. Kayla, will you, you though, tell us, Kayla. Yeah. yeah. Kayla, will you tell us the name of your book? Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's uh, How to Be a Digital Nomad, Build a Successful Career While Traveling the World. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Well, we're going to put that in the show notes. Yep. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? No, go for it. I'm plugging your plan A. If you think that would be best case scenario, then that's what I'm plugging. Go for it. Believe in plan A. Plan, e is, plan B is waiting for you if plan A doesn't work out. So you've already got it in the bag. So, yeah, shoot. All big. right. Well, you heard it from Kayla. If you're out there and you're an Amazon influencer... And you're you're close to where I'm at, or probably beyond where I'm at, making you know thirty five hundred a month on Amazon. Maybe you're about ready. The only thing that I would wonder, though, a lot of these places you're going, is there that much stuff that could really be reviewed? I think I think a lot of times once you get outside the U.S., there's a lot less stuff everywhere. Is that kind of? Yeah, Amazon specifically is a bit of a like Amazon Netherlands just opened since I moved here and. It was really weird seeing no reviews and very few products and yeah, it's, uh, it's hand, not the same. On the, yeah, maybe. Yeah, fresh but, market. <laughs> but Amazon FBA, on, on the other hand, which is on what I'm doing full time now, left my, left my job in June, 
right? Nice. You know Left That's my right. job in June. Yeah. The, uh, the podcast our audience knows that I was laid off, but I'm going to start. My message now is I left my job in June for two. You said that so Amazon confidently. Career. I believed it. it sounded yes. so much better, didn't it? Yeah. 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 The cool thing <laughs> about this is you can run a business like that remotely through prep center. Literally, you can be selling where you are now. You can source products in you know the United States, for instance, and sell, get that stuff prepped, and then ship it to customers all through Amazon. Um, everything they're doing, prep centers and Amazon, it's amazing what can be done with technology and, and what's done vir virtually. So many things can be done. I'm sure there's a way to make money with Amazon Influencer, maybe remotely, Jim Ed. Why not have a remote team in the United States where we have all this stuff that people don't need most of the time? They can review it. Yeah. I mean, so I think thinking outside the box a little bit, it's amazing. We might be onto something here, Jim Ed. Maybe we should talk about that in our course coming out about how you can do this remotely, how you can actually build an Amazon Influencer empire um, even if you don't live in, in the United States. Yeah, so. yeah there's ways. Well, yeah. Kayla, it was nice to meet you. It's great to know you now. If there's anything yeah. we can do for you, feel free to reach out. And best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank for you so much, now. guys. Thanks, Jim Ed. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Well, Jim Ed, Kayla was a great guest. I really enjoyed talking to her. And I know you're talking a little bit about Amazon Influencer. You know, can you actually be a digital nomad and actually do... Amazon influencer. And I think that the answer is like, eh, I'm not really sure how you can do that. But you know, it's like kind of sometimes when you say, I don't think you can, but then you're like, maybe you could. And then here's the thing here's what I love about business. Jim, and I think you probably do this a lot. I think all of us should be doing it more, but you learn you're doing something that's nothing to do with Amazon influencer. But then you're like, wait a second, this is working for this. Can we apply this to what we're doing here? And I'm, I'm always doing that kind of things. Amazon FBA, what do people do live in other countries? At stores, some of these stores in other countries, they don't get that many sales. U.S. is where a lot of the, and the U.K. is good too, but U.S. is really where a lot of sales come in. There are people who live in other countries that they're like, I want a piece of the, of the U.S. business. Well, guess what they do? They have prep centers that they work with in the U.S. where they actually ship products from the U.S. to that prep center. That prep center sends it to Amazon through that person's account that lives in, in Africa, whatever, whatever the country you're talking about, right? So sorry, it's not a country. Yeah, <laughs> that lives that lives in another country, right? Another continent, right? So they're able to do that. But the question is, and that's all legit. It's not like this, oh, you're not allowed to do that. No, you can. The question is, could someone in another country who really wants to travel or someone who wants to leave the US and travel around, could they still operate an Amazon influencer business? even if they're not in the States. Well, with some of the stuff that we're not talking about yet, there might be a way. Hey, uh, let's not forget to remind everybody as well that we have a um, course coming up. Yes. We've got a course coming up and how they could find out and, and get on the list to be notified as soon as the course drops. How could you do that? Yeah, AZ Influencer. Proven, azinfluencer.com. It, it is coming out soon. A lot of the information that you've been hearing here will be in it, but this is going to be a lot more concentrated and we're going to have, it's going to be a lot more digestible. I'd, I'd say from a course perspective where it's, it's deep dives and it's going to be over four or five weeks and then you get everything you need, right? Our podcast is like, let's talk about this for a little while. Let's talk about that. And that's a podcast format, right? It's great. But this is going to be less about Jim Ed's turkey or his fence and more about, man, let's get down to it, brass tacks and Q&A. Q&A to me is going to be the best part of this, in my opinion. We're going to answer questions that people have live 
which is going to be huge. We're also going to be looking at people's accounts, videos, all that stuff. This is going to be, you know, much more of a, you know, effective and deep dive and concentrated like a course, like you're actually taking class for just a couple months and you're getting all the information you need to, there will be a corresponding Facebook group as well. Yeah. You're certainly not going to have to fish around over 30 something episodes to find out most of the information. We're going to have all the information and it's all going to be covered, especially due to the Q and a and the latest and greatest as well, right? It's the latest and greatest, all the information and things that we're learning like TikTok shops, for instance, we may talk about that a little bit. Courses mm -hmm. in January. I'm always out testing things, you know, and I think, and I look at Jim as Jim, Jim Ed, as the guy that's focusing on Amazon Influencer, cranking these videos out. And, that, and that's great. And I think I'm probably, in some ways, it's like squirrel. I'm very easily distracted and like, let's let me look at this over here. But part of the reason I'm doing this is because I want to be able to tell you guys, come back and say, man, this is really cool, Jim Ed. We, we shouldn't sleep on this. This might be a good opportunity yeah. for us to make some additional money because like thinking of this, Amazon influencers, is a foundation. It's a foundation from there. Can you go other places? Absolutely. I really believe you can, but right now, Amazon influencer is a really fruitful, productive opportunity for a lot of us. People are making thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. And you think about this, Jim Ed, I, I was like, ah, I really haven't made a ton of money, but I made, <laughs> I made thousands. <laughs> and so yeah. I'd say how many side hustles do you, have you actually made thousands of dollars on? Most people don't make thousands of dollars on any side hustle. Pretty darn cool. And you're over 20,000, I think, with your with your Amazon influencer right now. It's probably approaching 30 at this point. I think so, we were over 30 last time we worked, weren't we? Man. I don't remember. But anyway, I, I kind of started to say it earlier, but I said I haven't been doing too many videos. I am yeah. proud to say the Fence Project was possibly going to go through today. I was able to wrap it up on Wednesday. So we did our Thanksgiving dinner and everything with the family and all that. But before and after the wife and I got completely caught up with our, as of today, we're completely caught up with all of our China products that's come in. Everything's been reviewed and yes, everything's man. been uploaded. And I, we put up 30 new videos. I'm up over 650 videos. I'm going to be back to being very, I'm going to go back to being very selective on what I'm going to review. I showed you a big fan in our living room that I reviewed, ceiling fan. That thing's nice. And it wasn't really that hard to put up, but it takes a while. If, if you end up with 10 items out of the 30 that take as long as that ceiling fan to put up, you're just never going to, you're never going to get caught up. So. Yep. Well, good job yeah. getting caught up in everything. Thanks, um, man. I think that sounds great. Anything else we want to talk about? I think you said, let's talk about that in a little bit. I can't remember what that even was now. You kind of just. But, the, but back to the Kayla thing. Yeah, I did think it was super interesting and it, it's fun to dream about, you know, living in another country. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much making 3K a month on Amazon Influencer. If I quit tomorrow, I'm sure that would eventually dwindle off, but it, it's nice to, because I think she, didn't she say that one could live in a lot of places really well for way less than $3,000 a month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's that the idea. You can live in some really, really nice places for more affordable than certainly a lot of cities in the United States. And she, she got me to kind of thinking too, you know, it's like a lot of people from mine and your generation are kind of down on the newer generations, younger generations doing stuff like that or not working as hard or whatever. But I think it's pretty cool. A lot of them are demanding, you know, more time off, you know, a lot of companies are offering unlimited vacation. 
you know, whatever yeah. that means. But, you know, I, I think it's good that they're taking the time to smell the roses. I'm, I'm guilty of not doing enough of that a lot of times. All right. Anyway. All right, guys. Podcast. I think that's it for the podcast. But, you know, review us. Again, shoot us a review on, on wherever you're watching it. Apple Podcasts. We have a lot of people watching it. Apple Podcasts. Spotify, whatever. Give us a review. Give us a five-star rating if you, if you enjoy it. Be active in our Facebook group. Join our Facebook group if you haven't already. And again, we have a course coming out we're really excited about. And I think that's a wrap. Anything else, Jim Ed? Side Hustle Heroes HQ. We'll see you on the next one. Side Hustle Heroes HQ. Peace out.